Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Thank you, Jesus. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. My victory is in Jesus' name. My victory is in Jesus' name. Yes, somebody sing that. My victory is in Jesus' name. My victory is in Jesus' name. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how, come on, sing it out. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Let's give God a shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. I don't know about you all, but when the part says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I know that when I come into the house of God and I get to raise my hands and I get to praise Him, that that's how I fight my battles more than anything else. That when I begin to worship God, when I begin to raise my hands and lift my hands up and magnify who He is, then I can feel the battles begin to crumble before me. I can feel release of, 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 of pain and release of pressure and release of everything that the enemy is trying to just bog me down with. When I begin to raise my hands, I can feel those chains falling off of me. Because I know who's got me in the palm of his hands. And I know who fights my battles for me. Listen, when that song comes on, we ought to be ready to run and shout and jump and say, I know who fights my battles for me. It is not my battle, but it is the Lord's. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, we can 
We can come into the house of God one of two ways. We can come in and we can pretend like uh, we've got everything figured out or we can come in and say, I don't have anything figured out, but I know who's got it figured out. See, when I come in the house, I don't know what I'm spo- how I'm supposed to live this life or what I'm supposed to do, but I know who's leading and guiding me. And as long as I lift my hands up every battle that I face, I know I'm victorious because of who I put my trust in. Listen, we've, we've got decisions to make when we come into the house of God. we got decisions to make when we walk out there. And everything revolves around, am I going to follow Christ with it or am I going to follow my, my own intuition? And when I come into the house of God, I know, oh my, 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 he haka. I don't know about you all, but I'm excited tonight. I was excited this morning at church. I was excited this morning at church. But because I know, regardless of what's been on the past year, and regardless of, and I even think about what's gone on prior to that in my life, that when I came to Christ, everything was different. That means that last year that I faced, I realized everything was different in this world, but I knew I was all right, amen, that it didn't matter got your Bibles, turn with me this evening to Hebrews 12, and we'll read three verses, or four verses real quick, 26 through 29. Starting with verse 26, it says, at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken that is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. How many know? That's what I'm telling you right now. Our God is a consuming fire. So whatever, you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's going on in your life, God is there consuming your very being and consuming everything about you. And He's going to burn away everything that's holding you back, everything that's holding you down, everything that's keeping you from His presence, everything that's, that's just trying to destroy you. God is a consuming fire and He's expecting you to respond. Let's bless the Word tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank You and we praise You. God, thank you for coming to meet us right here in your house. Father God, any time that I've come, God, expecting you to move, God, you've never let me down. God, you're always willing, always ready to meet us in your house, ready to pour out your spirit to your people. God, your word says we're two or three are gathered. Father God, and there's more than two or three here, so we're expecting a move of the, of the mighty God. God, we ask, Lord, that you continue to have your way in this place. God, anoint my lips to speak your word. Anoint ears and hearts to receive, God, this evening. And we ask it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated this evening. I want to thank uh, Pastor Mick for allowing me here. Uh, It's always an honor to be able to preach God's word. It's always an honor to visit friends. He's... I, I, I've been to, he gave me my first opportunity in Gilbert, he gave me opportunity in New Martinsville, and now here uh, in Madison, and once again, I thank uh, you all for having me and my family. Um, like I said, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to come into your house and worship God with family, amen. because that's who we are, and that's who we'll always be. Uh, we're always family, amen. 
back to the Word. You know, if there's anything that we've learned through the past year is that everything that we knew got flipped upside down. And that's, I mean, that's no, everybody knows that. And I know you've probably heard messages preached about this a million times, but it just seems it, it, it was what was on my heart and it's something that I have to share. You know, I, I faced things last year that I never thought I would have to do in my life. You know, things that I never had to do and things I never thought I would have to do. You know, freedoms that were, were kind of taken from us that I never thought I would have to, have to give up, you know, to, to be able to go walk into the house of God, uh, uh, to be able to worship in person with my church family and my friends. And I, and I got to thinking about that, actually just sitting right over there. And I tell my church all the time that it is, I, I look at it as such a privilege anymore to be able to walk into the house of God because I never know when I'm not going to be able to do it again. And then I think about all those countries and all those people who don't get to walk into the house of God because they're persecuted by other people. And we have the freedom to walk into the house of God. And, and the sad part is, and this is another message, but we won't do it. <laughs> but I think about that and, and I think about... You know, everything that we've had, to, we've had to deal with and everything that we've had to struggle with and all the, all the things that, that happened over the past year. And it felt like, uh, you know, everything was getting better at one point and now everything is just really, really bad again. Worse than it's ever been. You know, and then I got to thinking, all of us probably know somebody who's now been affected by who who's now been extremely affected by it, maybe even passed away from it. And, and the word reminds me that nobody's exempt from anything on this earth. That nobody is exempt. The, the Bible tells me that it rains on the just and the unjust and that nobody is, is safe from, from anything that can happen on this earth. No flesh is safe on this earth. He tells us that. And, and, and he goes on and he says, you know, it, the Bible's very adamant over and over again. It says that not only... Is it nobody exempt, but some, you're going to face something. You might as well get ready for it. Jesus said, when tribulations come, remember that I overcame the world. He didn't say if they come. He said, when they come, because they're coming. You might as well get ready for it. You might as well get ready to face some things on this earth. James said, count it as joys when trials and tribulations come. He didn't say if they were coming. He said, when you get ready for them to come, then, then you can count it as joy, because they're coming. And you might as well get ready for them. And you might, as well, you might as well be prepared. And it shouldn't. So when they come, why as Christians do we act so surprised about it sometimes? Why are we so surprised that we have to face things on this earth? Because the Bible tells us in the Word that we're going to face some things. And some things are going to happen to us. And some things are going to come upon us. And there's nothing that anybody can do about it other than trust in God. Amen? Neither of them said if. They didn't say if. They said when. They said when they come. And I, I'm sorry, you'll have to not get tired of turning back and forth. I'm a pacer. I'm, I guess I'm a nervous pacer. Uh, we started filming at church and, and the camera guy's going like this trying to follow me. And I, I'll be like, I'm sorry. But I can't help it. I'm a nervous speaker, I guess. So I'm, gonna, I'm going probably going from this side to the other side. So you'll just have to follow with me. <laughs> it, it makes me feel comfortable <laughs> it ma yeah it makes me feel comfortable to walk back and forth but we have to we have to prepare ourselves because we know they're coming and we can't be surprised and we can't be 
what happens a lot of time is, is when we become Christians, the very first trial tribulation that we face in our life, we're ready to turn and run the other way. We're ready to give up on it. We're ready to stop. Every, every time, see when we first get saved, we're all, we're all excited and all ready to go and everything's, everything's perfect and we're out there spreading the word of God and we're out there doing all these things for God. But at the very first sign of adversity, what happens? We're ready to tuck our tails and go back to what we know. Amen? We're ready to, to go back to where we were. Why? Because it was comfortable. Listen, I'll be honest with you, this right here has never been comfortable for me. But it's all right because I know, I know he's got me in his hand. Amen. But at the first sign of adversity, everybody wants, to, everybody wants to run away because it gets a little tough and it gets a little hard. But the Bible tells us you might as well expect that. It's coming. You might as well expect those things. It's a coming. Why? Because they're the enemy of your soul out there to kill, steal, and destroy. He, he's looking for people to, to bog down. He's looking for people to... He, he wants nothing more than to get early Christians to turn away from God because what happens is if he can get them early, then they don't get rooted and grounded in the Word of God. See, once you get rooted and grounded, you can take a little beating. You can take a little, you can take a little storm coming your way. But when you don't have your roots down in the ground yet, then what's going to happen is you're just going to get washed away. So he knows that if he can get you early on in your walk, then you ain't got time to dig your roots in. You ain't got time to, to, to really lean on God like we're supposed to, like God expects us to, like, like he, really, he, he really expects us to put all of our trust in Him. And, and even, even as young Christians, we have such a hard time, uh, a hard time just grasping the concept of that, that to give all of our trust to Him. And I, well, I'll be honest with you. It's not young Christians. It's Christians in general. We have a hard time of putting all of our trust in God with everything that we have. It's because I, I still struggle with things sometimes. I ain't going to stand up here and pretend like I'm, I'm perfect. I'm not. I struggle with things every, every day sometimes I, I, I'll struggle to, say, to trust in God because I know, I know, that's what I feel like. I know what's best for me and my family. And I know what's best, how to take care of me and my family. So what happens is I try to lean on my own understanding and not on God's understanding for my life. Because I've, I feel like I truly have my family's best interest. And what happens is we don't fully put our trust in God. So the enemy comes in and he begins to just beat us and just, just try to, to take us out and try to, to divide us from, from God and from God's people. But it really happens to early Christians really hard. And it's, it's so hard to get them into the house. It's hard enough to get them into the house. Then it's hard enough to get them to the altar. But what's really hard is to keep them in the church. Like, there's, there's things, like the pandemic was the greatest thing in the world to strike fear in the heart of people. But I always say that fear will not sustain anybody in this Fear will not sustain it. We can drag people to the altar out of fear all we want to. We can drag people up to the altar out of fear and, and it will stick until adversity comes. But what will keep people at the altar is love. Is the love of God. That's what will keep people. See, we can scare the, scare the hell out of them, but they ain't going to stay right here until we love them. 
I tell everybody that it's a lot easier to sell heaven than to keep people from hell. Because personally, I, I want to hear things that I can do. I want to hear things that I can gain. I don't want you to tell me what I can't do. I don't want you to tell me that, that God expects me not to do this or God expects me. I know God expects me those things, but I want to hear too that God loves me enough to keep me in heaven and God loves me enough that He's going to provide for me and God loves me enough that He's going to uh, pour out His blessings to me and my family and all these things. See, we can, we can scare people to the altar all we want to, but at the first sign of adversity, they're going to say, well, it ain't as good as they said it was. It ain't as good as that. Look here, what I'm already going through anyways. I'm, I'm in the middle of a trial that I was in two weeks ago anyways. But until we say, you know what, I know you're in a trial. But you know what, on the other side, you're going to be so much better than you are right now. When you come through this trial, when God picks you up and carries you through this trial and sets you on the other side of it, you're going to be so much better than you were two weeks ago when you were in the middle of it. See, we, we spend a lot of our time, unfortunately, as the church, you know, growing up, for me, growing up as a church, you know, I always thought of church as being a, a fearful place. And as we go on and on, and I said this at our church uh, a few weeks ago, there's a thin line between love and hate. You know, the old saying, thin line between love and hate. And it's almost as a church that we come, is it all right? I mean, I'll try not to get too close. There's a thin line between love and hate. Okay, and, and, and that thin line could come off as Christians. Sometimes we can come off as hate instead of love. See, and if we continuously try to burden people down with all the things that they're doing wrong, it's going to come off, well, he don't love me. He hates me. He's expecting me to fail at this because he only tells me the things that I'm doing wrong. And he only tells me the things that are bad in my life. And he never tells me, you know, I'm happy to see you walk through the door. I see you're, you're faithful. I see that you're... But instead, we want to say, I saw what you done wrong this way and I saw what you done wrong that way. But we never, ever give anybody any praise to say, listen, all you got to do is just keep coming and raising your hands and lifting and expecting. And I promise you, God's going to move in your life and everything's going to be okay this is why this is why our churches are empty I'm just going to be honest with you this is why our churches are empty is because over the years we've, we've preached hate instead of love we've preached hate instead of love and that, nowhere in that Bible does it tell me that God hated everybody or hated anybody. It says that He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And then on 17 it says that He didn't come here to condemn anybody, that He came here to save the world. So we've got to reevaluate some things as Christians, as the church. As the church because God expects things of us. He expects us to show the same love and the same mercy and the same grace that He gave to us. He expects us to be the exact same way to every other person. Don't get me wrong, unconditional love is hard. It's hard. But as Christians, unconditional love is what we have to have. Unconditional love is what we have to have. We can't expect anybody... Listen, somebody give me a chance. And even when I messed up, they still love me enough. 
And even when I'd done things wrong, they loved me enough. And even when everything was going wrong in my life, they loved me enough to say, I just want you to keep coming because eventually something will take hold. And you'll begin to change the way you are. It's easy to get, it, it's a lot easier to get people in the door. It's even a lot easier to get people to the altar. It's so hard to keep them. It's so hard to keep them. You know, I, I read that verse and it says, you know, that, that we're to be shaken and, and we're shaken for a reason. God didn't, wasn't just shaking us just to be mean to us. He wasn't just, you know what, I'm just going to just come down and just let them get uh, trials and tribulations for no reason. You know, there's a reason why we have to go through things. There's a reason why that, that there's things that we face uh, on this earth. And the very reason is because of the things that need to be shaken off of us. See, there's things that have to be shaken in order to fall off. There's things that have to be shaken so they don't hold on to you anymore. Because the verse tells me that the things that shake are shaken so the things that cannot be shaken remain. And you know what I know that cannot be shaken? And that's the Spirit of God and the Kingdom of God and the love of God. Regardless of how much I'm, I'm shaken, those things cannot be shaken off of me. So the only things that are shaken off of me are, are sinful things, are, are uh, 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 persecution, or are anything bad of this world uh, can be shaken off of me. But the one thing that can never be shaken is the very love and the very presence of God. See, there's a reason we're being shaken. It's because we're not perfect. And I don't know about you, Bob, but I'm constantly on the potter's wheel. And I've been jumbled up and remade I don't know how many times. From the very beginning, he said, you look good so far. And he said, nope, that's not what I called you to be. So let me start over. So he started jumbling again. And he started making. And everything looked good for a little while. And he said, nope, that's not what I called you to be. Let me jumble you up again. i got to remake you into something better. Something, something prettier. Something more beautiful. Something that, you know, it, it, it was fine for a while, but it's not any good anymore. It's not good enough. I'm not going to say it's not any good. It's not good enough because it's not what I've called you to be. You're supposed to be a little bit further along in this walk. You're supposed to be a little closer to me. You're supposed to look a little better. You're supposed to be a, a, a little nicer. You know, you're supposed to be a little bigger, maybe a little bigger pot, maybe a, a little few more decorations, whatever it may be. See, I'm constantly on the potter's wheel. And there's so many times that I've, I've got to a point in my walk with Christ that I've had to step back and reevaluate and tell Him, God, make me broken. Make me broken so I can be healed. Make me broken so I can be remade. Make me broken so that I can be who you've called me to be. Because I find myself from time to time in a place that is of, of complacency, in a place of, of, of just being lazy in Christ or, or whatever it may be. And I say, you know what? I know I'm not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I know I'm not who you've called me to be. So break me so you can remake me. So there's points in your life where you, gotta, you just got to cry out to God and say, God, I, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And I know that you've got more for me. 
And I know that, so if you've got to shake me to get me where, you're, where you want me, then you shake me. If there's things that I need off of me, then you shake me until they fall off. It's not fun, but it's necessary. It's not a good thing, but it's necessary. I've been through things in my life that I don't ever want to go through, but they've made me who I am now. And I know I'm going to go through things from this point on that I'm not going to want to go through, but it's necessary to make me who God's called me to be. It's, it's, a, it's a necessary process to, to be who God has called us to be in Christ. No, it's not fun. I think I was thinking, you know, about the woman with the infirmity for 18 years that was being over. Listen, she didn't want to be being over for 18 years. But it was necessary for the kingdom of God. Everybody that you see in the Bible that, that had an infirmity or had a disease or whatever it was, it was necessary for the furthering of the kingdom of God because somewhere along the way when He healed that woman and she stood up, somebody got the Holy Ghost. Or it led to the Holy Ghost. Or when he touched the woman of blood, something changed in her life. And not only her life, it probably changed in who she knew. I know I got a nephew who's beat leukemia twice. Two times. And the first time they said 85% survival rate. And at that very moment I heard that, God spoke to me and said, I don't do anything 85%. You might as well get that out of your mind. The second time he had it, I wasn't even worried because I already knew the outcome. The second time I was like, eh, it stinks because he's going to have to go through some things I know. But I know the end result. I know that, that he's victorious in the end. Two times he's beat it. Two times he's beat it. And if you see him right now, you'd never even know that there was anything ever wrong, ever wrong with him. Played basketball last year. Played baseball two years ago. And because he had to go through some things, it changed my life. And because he had to go through some change things, it changed other people's lives. I got a cousin who, who messages over Christmas. We have a big family. Uh, it's, it's called a works reunion uh, messenger group. And she messaged and she said, I woke up, the, I, I have to share this. I woke up this morning, I looked in the mirror and I had a huge tumor in my throat she said it was she said it was awful to look at she said I, I can't even hardly explain it, how bad it was her husband's a pastor of a church she said I went in I said she said there's something wrong with me let's pray and he said before praying he said you need to go to the doctor she said no let's pray first and, and that's the flesh part of us you know and anybody would have probably said that but she said that they began to pray and she and this is the key to it. She began to proclaim life over herself. She began to say, God, I want to live. I want to see my grandchildren grow up. I, there's things in this I want to do. There's things in this life that I'm not done with. And I want to live. And she said that she walked back in the bathroom and opened her mouth to look and it was gone. My God is the same, the same yesterday and today, which means He's going to be the same tomorrow. And I know I'm going to have to face some things. 
And I know some things I'm not going to want to do. But I know that everything's going to be all right. I know everything's going to be all right. Because there's one thing on the inside of me that the devil can't touch. And he can't get a hold of. He don't have the power or authority over it. He don't have no right to it. He don't have no right to me. He don't have no right to my family. Now he can beat up his old body all he wants to, but there's one thing he can't touch. Leads me to my next verse. Treasure in jars, in jars of clay. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show us that the surpassing power belongs to God and not of us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Like I told you, he can do all he wants to to this old body. He can beat me down. He can strip me with disease. He can, do, he can try to do whatever he wants to, but there's going to be one thing that he'll never be able to do, and that's to take my salvation from me. Because there's one thing that he can't do, and that's walk across the bloodline. He can't come after me. He can't come after my salvation. He can't come after my, my peace of mind unless I give it to him. He can't come after my comfort. He can't come after anything, anything that God gives me the devil can't have. Because he don't have the authority to it. So we can face things one of two ways. When we get into the middle of a trial, we can give up and quit and run the other way, which happens a lot of the times. It really does, especially when, when my nephew got sick the first time. I was, I was in church, but not really in church. You know, and those times, those times that happen, and, and, and I don't want anybody to ever face this. This is why I'm telling you, go after God, because you don't ever want to face the on-the-fence trials and tribulations. Because they'll push you one way or the other. And I don't want anybody to ever have to face on-the-fence trials and tribulations. Because either you're going to do one of two things. Either you're going to run to God or you're going to run away from Him. Thank God I ran to Him. Because I had enough. I had a praying grandmother and I had, uh, had people who, who instilled uh, knowledge of Christ in me to know that He's the one to run to and not run away from and that's what we have to do with these, with these young Christians and, and, and new Christians is we have to instill into them, listen, when adversity comes, you can't run away. You have to run too because it's never going to get any better without Christ. Your life is never going to get any better without Him. Your life is never going to, uh, let's be honest with you, it's never going to amount to anything without, without Him because everything on this earth is going to perish and, and blow away. And the only thing that we have to look forward to is eternity in heaven. I say it all the time. Their life is a blink of an eye in eternity. So if we can't hold on for just, just a blink of an eye, just hold on for a blink of an eye. Yeah, it's, there's going to come times when, listen, I, I think about it though, and I think how many times have I really felt down and how many times have I felt happy? And how many times I felt peace and comfort and, you know, I haven't let anxiety. And, and there's a whole lot more times that I've been at peace and, and been on the mountaintop than I felt like I've been in the valley. I know the valleys are coming. I know they are. But I also know that for every valley there's a mountaintop. All you got to do is walk through it. Sometimes you ain't got to walk through it. Sometimes he'll just carry you through it. I mean, we can... What, uh, I've got a lot of sayings, I guess. <laughs> but 
But we can look at everything one of two ways. We can see two valleys or one mountain, or we can see two mountains in one valley. And I always look at it as two mountains. I'm on this mountaintop. Yeah, I got another valley. I got another mountaintop. Or we can say, oh, there's a valley. Well, I'll be up on the mountaintop for a little while, but I'm going to be back down in the valley for too long. It's a mindset. There's a reason why he says, do not conform to the world. But transform your mind. Because, uh, listen, there's going to be people that you're going to face in this, uh, on this earth that are going to look at you and tell you that you are absolutely crazy to still go to church and still believe what you believe because some of the stuff you've been through. They're going to say, why are you still standing? Why are you still going? Why do you still praise Him? Why do you still, why do you still think that He is the author and finisher of your faith? Why do you do all those things? I saw what you've been through. I saw what your family's been through. I saw everything that you've had to face. So why in the world would you ever step foot in a church house? The Bible tells me, though, that the message of the blood is foolish to those who don't understand. See, they don't know what you got. That's why. They don't understand that when I lay my head down at night, when I lay my head down at night and I close my eyes, I know what tomorrow holds. I know that everything's going to be all right. I know that regardless of what went on through the day, I look at my wife and my daughter and I say, I love you, good night, lay my head down with, a, with peace in my mind to know who holds me in their hand. See, if I don't have him, I don't know what tomorrow holds. If, if for some uh, unforeseen reason that I leave this earth today, I know what tomorrow holds. See, when you don't have that comfort, then they can't understand why you would still worship a God that... that seems to allow so many bad things to happen to you. It's because they don't understand. You know, it's the age-old question, if God's so good, why does so many bad things happen? Well, people say, you know, if there's so much soap, why is there dirty people? Well, you got to use it. I mean, a little, a little light. <laughs> me off track <laughs> but I mean they, they just don't they don't understand because they don't know the, they haven't God hasn't revealed to them because they've never said I, I put my trust in you they haven't they haven't come into the church house and said I, I know what tomorrow holds because I know who holds tomorrow they've never they've never opened the book and said you know uh, you don't have to worry about tribulation because I've overcome the world. So they don't know any of this stuff. That's why, the, and there'll be people that try to drag you down and say, you're silly for going. There, there's going to be people. It's because they don't know what's on the inside. They, they, can, see, they can see the affliction. They can see the despair. They can see uh, what looks like being forsaken or, or destroyed, whatever it may be. Verse 10 says, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. See, they don't see those things. They don't see, uh, for we who live always be given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may manifest in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. See, they only see part of the Bible. They don't see all the good things that it brings. They see that the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy, but they don't see that Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. 
See, they only see, they only see part, of the, part of the situation and part of the issue. But they don't see that, that when you come into the house of God and you deal down at the altar that there's brothers and sisters that surrounded around you and said, it's going to be alright because we're here to carry you through. See, they don't see any of those things because they don't, they don't believe. They don't understand. Don't let people drive you out of the church house. Don't let, don't let and more of that, don't let people drive new Christians out of the, out of the church house. Make them understand you're better off here than with them. You're better off with people who are going to love you unconditionally because that's what we have to do than people who are just going to bring you down and, and, and drag you down. You know, I, I, I'm stirred up and, and I want this year to be so much more about, about reaching the loss for my life because I, I'll be honest with you, I've been lazy in that regards. You know, I, I've, I've, I've let it slip, and, and I'm not proud of it, but I realize that I'm back on the potter's wheel now, and he's got to add some things to me. He's got to add some things to me so I can get better at, at believe it or not, I don't like, uh, I'm not a very good reacher-outer. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not grammatically correct, but. I don't reach out very well to people. I just, I've never been a, a person who likes to talk on the phone. I, I'm thankful for text messaging because I don't have to speak to people, you know. <laughs> but, but, but I'm not, it's not something that I'm proud of. So I have to go back on the potter's wheel and he's got to work on me a little bit. He, he's got to add a little things to me. I don't, I don't think he needs to completely mar me like, you know, I have been in the past. But, but he needs to add a few things to me. Maybe another handle or something. I don't know. But there needs to be something else added. Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and we, so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us also with Jesus and bring us into his presence. See, once again, they don't see those things. They don't see that when, you can, when she began to sing, uh, this is how I fight my battles, the spirit of God just began to really just take over me. And the presence of God really began to just deal with me. And I could really feel the presence of God so strongly. See, those things they don't understand. And at that moment, the only thing I could think about was me and him. The only thing I could think about was I'm going to give him all I've got right now at this moment. Because he deserves it. Because, and then it makes me think of, of who he is. Not, not anything that I've done or not anything that I am. But who he is and what he's done for me. And where he's brought me from. And I'm so thankful for, for all those things. I'm so thankful to be in His presence. I'm so thankful that I can come in. And, and like I said, any time that I've been willing to meet Him, He's been willing to meet me. When I come into His house and I raise up my hands and I say, God, I, I'm, I just dwell in this place. I've never, he's never forsaken me. He, he's, he's filled the house. And his presence has filled the house. It's only the times that I haven't really went in expecting him to move that I've ever, ever really, you know, there's, and, and ashamed to say, but let's be honest, there's been times when I've walked in the house and I didn't expect God to do anything. And you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. It might have happened in somebody else's life because they come expecting, but it didn't happen in mine because I didn't expect him to move. 
But every time I've expected him to move, his presence has just been overwhelming. These are things that we got to teach our young Christians. These are things that we got to teach them to, to hold on to and to hold, hold, hold on to the faith and hold on to, to who he is and, and understand. And you got to let them understand mistakes are made. But it's okay. As long as, you're, as long as you're walking forward and not standing still or going back, then everything's okay. Everything's okay. Because ain't none of us as close as God as we're supposed to be. We're all a work in progress. We're all we'll, we'll keep, supposed to keep striving for better things. For it is for all your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to be glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal way to glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So we're not, we're not here for, for here. <laughs> We don't come into the house of God for, for what we can see here. All this, this sanctuary is a beautiful sanctuary, big beautiful sanctuary with wonderful musical instruments and, and screens that we can see the words on and all those things, but we don't come here for this. This just helps us get to the next level. One day all this stuff is going to be gone. You know, our church has been renovated and, it, and it's a beautiful church. We've got all kinds of new... Uh, all the walls are new. We got new TVs and and new light fixtures. We just got new light fixtures. I mean, there's all kinds of new stuff. And as beautiful it as it is, we don't walk into it for that. Because one day it's all going to be gone anyways. It's not for those things that we can see, but it's for those things that we can't see. It's 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 for me to be able to stand and gaze upon the face of the Lord and, and to worship Him all the days of my life. That I get to stand with you all side by side and, and sing that he is holy, 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 holy. Because he is. He is holy and he deserves my praise. He deserves me to, to, to lift up my hands and he deserves whatever he's called me to do. He deserves for me to do it. However uncomfortable it may make me feel, he, he deserves for me to do it. Because of... of, of not only what he's done, not only what he's doing, not only what he's going to do, but where he's going to take me to. You know, we can, we can face sorrow for the night. And it might, that night might be a long, long night. You might face sorrow for the rest of your life. But there's going to be a time when joy is going to come in the morning. You're going to have joy in the morning. You know, we, we can face sorrow for a long, long time, but there's going to be a point where there ain't going to be no more sorrow. It's going to be all joy. All joy. You know, I'm, I'm thankful they can come on to the music. You know, don't get, we can't get discouraged by, by the shaking that, that we'll face on this earth. You can't be discouraged by it because it's happening for a reason. We're being shaken for a reason because there's some things that need to go. Let's be honest with you. There, and, and, and not necessarily, I won't even say that there's things need to go, but there's things that need to be better. Even. There's, there's things that, 
that you have to be shaken to realize uh, uh, the next step that you need to go to or the next thing that needs to happen in your walk with Christ. So a shaking is necessary in this walk. It's so the things that cannot be shaken can be revealed. And the more that we're shaken, the more that's revealed. The more that we go through, the more God is revealed in our lives. The more trials that you face, the more seasoned you become as a Christian. You know, we can we can face these things and we can say, I, 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 I'm okay where I'm at. You know, I'm tired of the shaking. And we can stay right where we're at, but it's not what God's called you to be. Listen, when God called you, He didn't call you to, to just be. He called you to do. And when God calls you to do something, that means that you're going to face some things that are going to shake you because some of the things that are holding you back from where God wants to take you, they have to fall off. There's things that I look back in my life that I thought were okay or the things that I thought I was okay in, like... Maybe even your Bible study, you say, for instance, or the, your knowledge of the Word of God. There was parts of my life where I felt like I was okay with the knowledge that I knew of the Bible. But then something will shake you, and it's like, no, you can never know too much of my Word. So it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily talking about just the bad things, you know, or things that you may do wrong, or maybe even the sinful things. I'm talking about the things that are good. Maybe you need to get a little bit better in. So you're going to have to face some shaking to get a little better in those things. See, I'm not just, I'm not just talking about the bad things in your life, but even the good things. You know, the Bible says that if we know to do good and don't do it, then it's just as bad. It's just as bad. So it's even the good things. We can be shaken over the good things. But every time we go through a shaking, every time we go through a trial, Every time that you have to face something in this walk, every time that something goes wrong in your life, James says count it as joy because it is, it is producing perseverance. It is making you a better Christian. It is making you a better person. It is making you a, a, a better prayer warrior. It is making you more faithful. It is making you uh, put more trust in God. Whatever it may be, there's a reason why you walk across the fiery coals. When you come out the other side, some stuff is going to be better. And it's preparing you for your next test. So when you when you look back and you, when you first walk into that trial and you say, there's no way that I can make it through this. Then when you get through the other side, you're saying, well, that wasn't too bad. Because the next trial you're going to look at and say, there's no way that I can get through this. But everything that you learned in the previous trials and tribulations you faced are preparing you for the very moment of your life right now. He is preparing us for such a moment as this. Every day of your life, you are prepared for such a moment as this. And now we're the church, and now we have to do, and now we have to be. During this pandemic, be the church. He didn't ask us to be anything more. Be the church. Love people. Help people. Show people the good. Show people what it means to be a Christian. Show people 
what it means to be to be uh, comfort, comforted and, and to have peace in your mind and not have worry or doubt or fear. Savior, you have the opportunity tonight. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. That means that you can you can receive freely a gift from God tonight. It don't cost you anything. You don't have to be anything special. It, it, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you would like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.